This is the second episode of Stream of Birth. I don't know what the uh, the name of the episode will be, but it's Kulum because do you know where, where I am? <laughs> I'm in a weird space. So first, I'm gonna describe you the space that I am in. Like. I will give you a name, but whatever, though, I'll just start now. <laughs> I'm in a cultural culture center, I think that's the name, in Shishli, near Beaumonti. It's like a, uh, it's a place for a library, public library and events. So I just came in inside as entitled as I am. Uh, I just told them that. I need a space to work and I need a space to record and I I might be doing a meeting, online meeting. So I requested um, a space for me that I can work in because the library had open spaces to work with like multiple desks, but like I'm not going to be able to record this in there. So I just explained the situation and told them what I needed. And they um, politely said, yeah, not just said, they politely tried to help and they did help. I'm in the chess room and additionally they do courses for like, musical instruments here. So there was no plan or like the schedule was like empty right now. So I requested one hour, like in one hour the whole the place closes anyway. It's like 5 p.m. right now. Uh, I'm like happy about it. They did help and they were not, they were not rude. Like the person that um, tried to help, like did the help, <laughs> like the person that helped vouched for me because like I might be doing something else here and they just trusted me because I'm a, like, I'm a good person. And like, I'm happy that I can communicate them, that to them clearly. They did not doubt like if I would do anything bad or not. They didn't check my credentials. I didn't even give them ID. They don't even know my ID name. And this is a, like, I don't know what's the word for it. Um, government space for public. I don't know what's the word. I'm an architect. I should be knowing this, but whatever. So it feels good to see people trust me that I'm not a danger and I'm a human being. And like I'm so used to being perceived as a not human being. Like I don't know what they perceive me as, but like it's definitely not human most of the time. Like it generally not in this context. But like in my life on the street, most of the places that I go, people do not perceive me as a person, like as a real human being that has feelings and thoughts. They just uh, they just put me in a category of like. This person is dangerous. This person is like not even a person. This is just like possibilities of actions 
that they don't want. Like, that feels shitty and like traumatizing. And I do the same thing to myself because they taught me that I'm not a human being. But I feel, I think, and I mean good things most of the time. Whatever. Uh, like the general subject of this podcast, like this episode, will be my uh, letter to MIT and Duke University. Uh, because like I keep thinking about it and I need to do some stuff for it. And this like even this podcast is for my letter because like that letter that that I'm writing to up for the for the application to the universities is gonna be multiple universities, but like first like right now in my mind there's MIT and Duke. The rest I'll just research. I have the notes in front of me uh, right now. I'm creating the letter however I want. Later I will edit and like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'll do whatever I wanna do, but like, whatever. So I'm gonna read you the letter and like give comments about it. And I'll just like give you my stream of thought because that's the what, that's what the podcast is about. And you'll like you'll be hearing my really, really, really private stuff, and I don't even know if I wanna share this letter publicly because like I'm tired and it's private for some reason. I don't know. But, like I have to share it to someone, so to some like some places. Like in this context, I have to share it to the application people. <laughs> in the university. Whatever though, I'm starting. Like uh, this letter is like mostly named as uh, statement of objective or statement of uh, one more thing, but I forgot whatever it is. Like the headline for it is a statement of something, but like that's not what I'm gonna do. That's not what I wanna do. Because in my context, I don't think it's necessary. Like that's just like too technical for me to uh, do. Because like if I do a technical thing, I just I was like I I I won't feel like doing it. And you <laughs> you'll see from my letters so far, I only do what I feel like. I promised myself and I do not break that promise. Okay, I'm starting. The headliner, uh, like the headline, I don't even know if it's called a headline, but like, yeah. The headline is consideration letter, application for a minor in the writing program. So I'm uh, uh, ap applying for a minor in the writing program in Duke, first of all. In MIT, it's called rhetoric writing and something else, but I, I don't know. I, I just start. I'm Lena. That's the first sentence. And then I start. I'm a trans woman that has been homeless in Istanbul for the last four months. I will try my best to write this letter in a way so that it's just not a cry for help or a reach for your compassion, 
but a proper explanation of the context of my life and work. Because this girl has been having it really hard. The paragraph ends. The second paragraph. Uh, not to my surprise, hard things are still happening. In order to get help for my survival, I refuse to once again present a summary of the last one and a half years in a way that is concise, attention-keeping, and expressive of my emotional slash thought process. I have learned to objectify myself to a scale of unhealthy measures by being forced to adapt and present summaries for each health, health professional, friend, or any helping hand so that they can understand and I can survive. Like, I think it's like this sentence, this like, not sentence, this paragraph, it's just like, that's what I wanted to, what I wanted to say to every fucking one on this earth. It's like, I'm tired and I refuse to do it, but I still do it because they make me do it. Whatever. Then a poem comes. Um, like, a poem disrupts the second paragraph, like, and at the end of the second paragraph, there's a poem. I'm reading it right now. One, two, three. Oh, Lena, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I left. I got confused. But you had to understand, and I couldn't help. I cried, Lena. I tried so hard. I ran after you. Couldn't find where you were. I thought you'd be with me, but I forgot to ask you. We have been apart, Lena. You have changed, and I have chased. I wanted to hold you, just for a moment, so I could feel you. I have missed you, Lena, but I know now your absence won't be filled. I'm watching you from afar. You can see. Showing myself now would be satisfying me. <sighs> this fucking poem, just like, it, like it's just like so emotional for me. Like this whole letter, and like I'm, I'm like emotional bitch in general anyway. It's like my heart rate goes up when I read this, especially this poem. Then I start um, giving uh, like small sections of my life from a third person view. And I just do it, like, listen. First, I don't say first, like, there's a, I don't know, a symbol that just like start. Whatever. Both of her parents got fired. Her mother was first, due to not being able to work as fast as a young tailor. And shortly after that, her father, due to cancer. She had to stop going to school. One semester left until graduation and start working in customer service. After coming out as trans, Two and a half years ago, she now had the option to start publicly transitioning, along with hormone replacement therapy. Of course, in like parentheses, without a doctor's provision, just like most trans femmes in Turkey. 
and parallel, like parentheses, I'm sorry, not parallel. Financial independence meant she didn't, she didn't need to hide the fact that she's trans. Her family didn't have the chance to threaten her by saying, be a Muslim man or we won't give you money for food and rent. The other one. She ran yelling, help me, in the middle of Taksim Istiklal Street, among hundreds of people after, after being con cornered by seven men. This was the consequence of, consequence of yelling back at a man who harassed her. Next. She got physically assaulted and chased after she said, no, please, leave, to two men who followed her and repeatedly asked for sex because every trans woman had to be a sex worker. Next. She had a panic attack after two years of not having them. Next. She got fired from her customer service job because she reached human, res human resources about the physical and verbal harassments done to her. She requested to talk with the two operation managers about the firing. She was called to the meeting room. She requested for her coworker to be, to be with her during the talk because one of the managers was one of the harassers. The request was declined. In the small meeting room with no lighting except the light from the laptops reflecting on the two men's faces, she confronted them. Next. She now had anxiety, PTSD, and panic attacks every day for hours. Then, then I connect to another um, poem that I wrote. It's just like hard to like to eat, write this, think this, read this over and over. And I'm like, I'm done with it, but I have to do it for university because I want to be able to like learn things about writing, like at least like started back, like writing 101. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm reading the poem now. One, two, three. How can they say these to you? They're fucking yelling. Lena, yell back. Lena, Lena, Lena. Then, like the poem ends. Then I, oh, fuck. <laughs> Then uh, another page starts uh, on the letter, and I'm starting to read. Okay, I'm, I started reading one, two, three. I could not stop wanting to die. I wanted to not take on my. I, I wanted to not think of killing myself. I could not stop wanting. I have left myself. I feel for Lena. She's someone that I want to be. I love her. I want her to be what she wants to be. I'm not sure if she wants to be with me. Leaving was good for me. As I see, it was good for Lena too. She's, she's doing so good without me. She's so precious. The paragraph ends, another paragraph. 
These things happened in a time frame, time frame of nine months. It's been another nine months since I got fired. I have dissociated. My medications triggered my ADHD severely. I cannot think the way I used to. I have always thought nonstop. I have stopped hyperfixating, yet I still think nonstop. I cannot keep track or control my thought stream. I have learned to watch the stream and find comfort. The paragraph ends. Another one starts. I cannot plan or organize what I want to do. I promised myself to only do what I feel like. That is the last promise I made to myself. I will keep that promise until I return to myself. I miss myself. Paragraph ends, another one starts. What I feel like and what I need to, uh, what I, what I need to, wait, I, <laughs> there is a mistake. What needs to happen? Okay. Uh, what I feel like and what needs to happen. Huh? No, again, <laughs> there was no mistake. I just read it wrong. Okay. What I feel like and what I need happens to intersect most of the time. I have let it evolve and adapt. I have learned to trust what I feel like. I have found out that what I feel like doing is a multidimensional slash layered instinct I have optimized over the years. It is a system of logic, emotions, memories, and experiences that adapt to the context of time and space. Paragraph ends. Another one starts. I have not summarized the last the last nine months since since I have separated from myself. It has been hard for me to comprehend. Regardless, I have not felt like comprehending. Paragraph ends. Paragraph starts. I have tried nine different psychiatrists since the age of 17. For the first time, I have been going to a psychiatrist that is able to that is able and willing to help me. He let me figure out most of the progress myself. Our communication was clear throughout all the sessions. Even, even though he doesn't clearly approve when I tell him, tell him what I think about the treatment slash therapy, we both know I'm aware of the situation. The process has been carried on, on, uh, carried on by both of us. He trusted me that I will listen to his professional knowledge. I trust him that, that he will listen to my experiential knowledge. Experiential knowledge. Paragraph ends, paragraph starts. <laughs> the first course of action was to distance, distance me from hyperfixation and obsession about what happened. He adjusted the dosage of the antidepressants and antipsychotic mix that I have that I already have been using for two years. Paragraph ends. Paragraph starts. As a side effect, dissociative symptoms came up. Dis dissociation helped me get away from suicidal thoughts, which was the critical problem at hand. This is the end of the letter so far. I so I'm like. Uh, like as you can tell, I have I, I like couldn't 
focus on what I want to say or what I need to say to, towards the end of the letter so far. So this podcast, this episode, is it like, I don't know my thought stream about what I need to do or what I want to do or what I feel like doing. And I don't know. Like, I'm trying to comprehend and understand the last nine months, like in total, the last 18 months, uh, like in a logical way. And aside of that, um, in a way that I'm, that I still don't know, think of myself. Like, I don't want to hurt myself or force myself to do something in a way that it, it's gonna hurt me in the long run. So, I'm tired. I'm really fucking tired. My brain is just like, I don't know what's happening in my brain. I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm just like, I'm just thinking all the time and I'm just like watching what I'm thinking and watching it adjust itself to something else. I'm like, I'm literally watching evolution happen in in my stream of thoughts and like uh, uh, i'm like tired i don't want to do this like ah uh, like like if you understood you probably did because i explained it really well so far in the letter like i have dissociated to a level that lena and me is just like separate. I don't feel like Lena. I'm like, I don't know what Lena feels, but I feel for Lena. Like, I know Lena so good that I can guess what she's feeling almost like to a certainty, but I'm not certain about what she's feeling because like, what I feel and what she feels is different. I think, I don't know, I'm not sure. Like, uh, of course, I'm not a hundred percent delusional in this concept of me separating from Lena. Like, I'm Lena in the end. Like, I can, to a point, understand that this description of, of the situation in my mental psyche uh, is not a hundred percent correct because like I'm trying to communicate something to the outside world and uh, like the difference from me and Lena like I don't want to say me anymore so I'm just like mostly saying Lena sons to what like, who's talking and Lena sons is different I'm Renaissance, uh, like the French word, the French word for the birth. That's why the name of the podcast is Stream of Birth. Like, like, I think it's cute just like to understand it this way. Renaissance and Lena are different people now, but like. They're so fucking close to them, to each other. Because, like, Lunasans and Lena was someone else. Like, they were Lena. They were a together person until the end of... Until the start of dissociation. And, like, I'm, I don't know 
at what point that happened. It's probably not a certain point in time, and it's more like a process of dissociating. The reason I'm talking about these things and I, I'm thinking about things, these things, because like around this time in my mental psych, uh, I'm seeing myself from so far away. Like I have dissociated to a scale that I cannot understand anything. Like I don't know what Lena is feeling anymore. I cannot even guess. Like the dissociation is like, uh, feels, I don't know what it feels like, but I, I, I just, I cannot describe what it feels like or what Lena might be feeling. And it's like, maybe scary. And I don't, I don't even feel scared. I just like, I don't know. Um, and not knowing bothers me. It's like bothering. I'm bothered. <laughs> I'm really bothered and annoyed and like mm, bitch no you know Lena but like I feel like I don't know Lena anymore because like so many shit happened in the time frame of like two three weeks like <laughs> it's like it's gonna be surprising for you uh, if you're listening to me from I don't know from outside of my context of my life if you don't know about me already, like <laughs> after being homeless for three months, uh, I spent all of the money that I have to move to Izmir Karaburun to a village. I rented a house, a village cottage home, and I'm like with nothing. I just had a bed with me that I brought there from Decathlon, <laughs> like uh, inflatable bed. And I had that only, I have, I had no other furniture, nothing. I, I only owned that, but that was the first thing that I wanted. I wanted a fucking bed to my own. Like, that's just like, that's so important. Like not having a home, not having like your own space, your private space, like it's like, it's not good, but like, not having a bed to yourself that you can own, like feel like you own the fucking bed where you sleep. It's just like such a, such a instinctual feeling. And that was fucking me up after three months. And like in 24 hours, I decided to leave Istanbul after five years. In 24 hours, I planned to have, I planned the whole thing. I hopped on a bus, went to Izmir, went to Karaburun, saw the house. In one hour, uh, I signed the contract and now at home to myself. That feeling was so good. That feeling was amazing. And I had a bet to myself and I, have a, I had a key that I owned. Like it's not someone else's house anymore. Bitch, that was the fucking greatest feeling over the last year. And then after one and a half months, I fucking worked so hard to like build a house, build a home to myself. Like, and I did, I felt like home in there. 
And like everything was so nice, even though there was like such hard shit. It was okay. Like I'm a strong, smart woman. I can do these things. Like whatever life throws at people normally, I can handle. It's okay. Like building a home is hard, but everybody does it. I can do it as well, bitch. Of course. And like not even everybody needs to do it. Like I'm a special bitch. I can do it. I know. But like after one and a half months, uh, like like two weeks ago, I got the news that all of my bank accounts was blocked because of credit card uh, debt. Uh, and it's like, it's not even that much. It's like really not that much. Like in dollars, it's how much is it? In dollars? <laughs> it's funny, it's not even a thousand dollars. If you're listening from the US, it's not even a thousand dollars and they blocked all of my fucking bank accounts and they took all of the money I had and all of the money I had, like, do you know how much? <laughs> it's funny. It's not even a hundred dollars and they took that money from me. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and after a week, I had been, I have been having symptoms like, of some shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, someone came into the room that I am in. Uh, in seven minutes, I have to leave. So I'll just summarize everything. But like, I, I, bitch, that's the fucking point. I'm not going to summarize anything. I'm just going to think for seven more minutes and like stop the recording. I can't like record somewhere else. Whatever. I was saying... Um, uh, I got symptoms of some shit on my body. I had like rashes, uh, different shit that I have been like thinking of as allergies. Uh, so I, I have been, I had been having it, having them for three weeks. Uh, and at some point, like there was like other shit that came up on my body. So I was like, kind of stressed and like worried about myself so uh i went to a hospital i came to istanbul for it for that for this reason like i like i was gonna go in izmir but like i didn't have any place to stay and i know people in istanbul so i can stay here uh, for a bit of time and it's like my old home so i went to the hospital i got tested for like everything because I am on hormones, uh, like estrogen and T blockers. I use antidepressants and antipsychotics. And I use like, I don't know, like ADHD medication, like not uh, regularly, but like if I want to work. So I thought um, my liver was like failing. My hormone levels was fucked up. So I got tested. Uh, after The day after that, the results came up. Um, like this is like three, four days ago. I don't know how long ago the results came up and the results was just like, not good. Uh, I had like multiple issues on my body, in my body. Like, I'm not going to describe them now. It's like, I don't even understand what's happening, but like, it's going to be fixed in like three months or so, two, three months. So it's going to be like, I don't know, nothing's going to happen. It's so, it's okay. But it's like, uh, Bitch, uh, I'm like annoyed. 
that my body is not functioning the way it should. Uh, so like the medication and other stuff fucked up my body a little bit. So I'm still on the testing process. Like my blood test and other shit needs to happen and my medication needs to be adjusted by, by my psychiatrist. And I'm not even uh, on a doctor's provision for the hormones. So I need to adjust it myself by asking people. So that's the situation. Uh, right now I'm here. <laughs> and like, how, how am I going to fucking summarize all of this in the letter? And like before moving to Izmir uh, between February and uh, June, July, June, uh, so much shit happened. society for doing this to trans people fuck you world for doing this to me and i'm saying world like consciously because like the universe the spiritual universe everything is not accountable by this the world like the earth and this and society is accountable fuck them all anarcho-socialism socialism anarcho-socialism and trans-feminine activism is the solution, baby. I'm, I need to have three minutes. I have to leave. Kisses. I'll maybe continue 